Do you work on a remote team all over the country? Do you have friends and family just too far away to visit? Are you struggling to connect communities that are never in the same place? Introducing TriviaThrowdownOnline.com The classic pub trivia experience with all of your friends and colleagues, but from the comfort of your own home or office. Designed for 6 to 60 players with question types built to encourage teamwork and collaboration. One of our live MCs runs the entire 75-minute experience, so you don't have to do anything except for show up, bring a drink, and get ready for some fun. TriviaThrowdownOnline.com. Book your free demo and get a quote today. Welcome to the Mike Blitz. I'm your host, Mike Wade, my co-host over there on the South Side, Richmond, Mike White. What is up, dude? We are here. Dude, I can't even tell you how excited I am. It is <laughs> Christmas Eve right now. College football week one officially kicks off tomorrow. Tomorrow. By the time you're listening to this pod, folks, you are probably going to be in the, in in a day where college football is being played. And I'm jealous of you uh, 24 yeah. hours ahead of you, future self. Future listeners, you are knee deep in college football. Yeah. I'm going to go to bed tonight not watching college football, and that is very sad. You are going to hear this. <laughs> You'll be in the midst of college football Thursday, and that's just so lucky for you. So um, awesome. So what's new with you, man? What, what you got? Uh, not a whole lot. It's been a pretty uneventful week other than um, two two babies. <laughs> on the, on the uh, just running me down constantly. Uh, other than that, uh, as you can see, we're I'm finally unveiling the uh, the signage courtesy of yeah, Merrick 3D, friend of the program, um, blessed me with several new signs. As you can see, it prominently displayed on this high chair. As you, so, if those of you listening at home on the audio, you can't tell, but right, he, uh, Mike's got some new. Uh, 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 Signs in the background, the mic blitz and on air. They are super sexy. Makes the studio look really rad. And I actually think on top of the of, of the child seat is a good touch. That's just shows how authentic we are. We are two dads doing this dad pod, and <laughs> you know we got baby stuff everywhere. My whole life is covered with baby stuff. I got closet full baby yeah. stuff right next to me, so I get that. We are nothing if not keeping it real over here. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, speaking of uh, home set improvements, a shout out to Matt Gorsuch who gave me. An autographed uh, photo of my man Zeb Ross from the Jay Creek Clo- Jay Creek Cloggers. If you ever uh, seen that man dance, he's the guy in blue jeans with the mullet. He does some awesome country tunes. Um, phenomenal dancer. And my buddy Matt gave me an autographed photo that I have now predominantly hanging in my studio. So thank you so much for Matt for that. So this has been a big week for improvements of our uh, <laughs> visual space. So you guys got to check us out on YouTube yeah. more often. Huge shout outs to Matt Gorsuch and uh, Brett Merrick for Absolutely. free stuff. We're, yeah. we're here for it. Absolutely. Keep them coming. Anybody wants to send us more stuff, we will put it. We will hang it up in our studios. Uh, so thank you yeah, so much. Give for me that. all the goofy stuff. All the goofy stuff. All right, let's talk some football. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, so as, as usually what we're going to do, is we're going to talk about what we saw last week and then we're going to jump into what we saw this week. Um, last week, week zero, not a lot of football, but no shortage of storylines, man. Uh, 
a lot going on. I'm calling this so I'm calling this don't overreact. This is this is this is this is like you we saw some football, we saw some things and everybody is going to overreact to everything they saw. This is called this is called be cool Saturday. Just just be cool. We saw some football, we saw some things, we want to just be cool about it. Just don't don't freak out, just be cool. And we're probably gonna freak out. People anyway, are freaking out. People are definitely freaking out. And you and I are gonna do a little bit of that as well. But this is this is all about week zero. It's not even week one yet. It's just be cool. Uh well, I will say as far as being cool, um, we whiffed on our on our first prediction of the year before the season even started. God, don't even get me started. How is Nebraska? So obviously we're talking about Nebraska Northwestern. Nebraska was a 13 point favorite. That game was played. This is the headlining game of week zero. That game was played in Dublin. Nebraska yep. went up. Uh, early, I mean, sorry, Nebraska went up early. They were doing well. They were up by 10 in the third. They did a ridiculous onsides kick, didn't work out. And the rest of the game was just bully ball from Northwestern's big uglies. Offensive line just had just pushing the ball. Journalism around. and football. That's what Northwestern Holy does. Smokes. How does Scott Frost let this happen? Speaking of overreacting, I'm queuing, I'm writing that guy's eulogy. Go ahead and uh, uh, queue up. Sarah McLaughlin's angel, because you're going to be hearing that here pretty soon. That guy's there are Husker fans who want that guy's head on a platter. And I don't think, I don't know if he dodges this one. No, he doesn't dodge it. Um, they will win probably four out of their next five. They looking must. at the schedule. They must. Um, but I don't think he survives the season. And I don't think that's that bold of a prediction at this point. He had to win this one. Yes. And uh, that's unfortunate where we were rooting for him as a show. Yeah, just I mean, again, North Nebraska is one of those blue chip programs where the world is just better when they're good. And my God, I wanted so bad for Frost. It didn't happen. Um, I don't know. I mean, they just got zero pressure the whole game. They're obviously their defensive front is not what we thought it would be at all. Not that it needs to be world stoppers to stop the the mighty Northwestern rush attack, but good grief, man, just no pressure. Second half, just all time. So kudos to Northwestern. Kudos Northwestern offensive line. Scott Frost. What's what what happened, man? I just oh, what's buddy. the deal with that? What's the deal with that? Uh, that's all I got on that. Anything else you want to say on that game? Uh, nope, that's all. I mean, cool. pretty much nailed it. North Scott yep. Frost, peace, there we go. peace, buddy. It's Thanks. been real. Thanks for coming. Uh, I like what I saw at a UNC. Uh, Drake May, the quarterback over there, he looked like he looked actually relatively solid, um, for uh, you know, take, taking over. Um, and I you know, I know competition was pretty low, but I just he, – he looked all right. Um, so that's all I got there. Other thoughts? Um, yeah. uh, Florida State put up like 500 yards of rushing on Duquesne. So that, That's um, a lot of yards. Your mighty uh, Tigers of Baton Rouge maybe shaking their booties a little bit this week. Maybe a touch. Maybe a touch. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, uh, who else we got? Um I want to talk about UNLV, UNLV, the mighty rebels who took it to, who took it, who beat uh, Idaho state. They have uh, started the, um, what is it? It's the, it's the the turnover slot machine. So one of the great things in college football is everybody, college has these gimmicks uh, that kind of to get to get players bought in. And sometimes they're about defense. Virginia tech had the work pail for a long time. Um, It's obviously all turnover chain and turnover chain, turnover chain in Miami is the the recent headline. It's been retired. 
since been retired, which is a shame. Uh, UNLV has the slot machine. UNLV, of course, is in Las Vegas. They are the Rebels. I actually watched a video of it. So when the player gets a turnover, the whole defense, I think, or the whole secondary runs the sideline to the slot machine. The guy puts – it's a massive, oversized slot machine. He pulls the crank. Some techno music starts playing. So it's like – and it comes up, rebel, rebel, rebel. And everybody goes ballistic. And it's amazing. It is amazing, and I'm here for it. So I is, think it's the dumbest thing. In no, the- no way. This is, <laughs> so this is the kind of stuff that makes college football great. And that is uh, that was a oh, that was a highlight I, of the whole game. Nobody cared about the 30 point beatdown. Everyone's all about the turnover okay. slot machine. Well, <laughs> I am get off my lawn, old man over here. I think it's the stupidest thing <laughs> in the world. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Uh, old man yells at clouds. Oh, uh, it's true. Uh, what else we got? Uh, I'll talk about the number one offense in the country. I cannot believe we're saying these words that are actually accurate. Vanderbilt uh, just opening up a can on poor Hawaii. Now we knew though we do, we know that we do know the coach Chang, Timmy Chang, former quarterback from yesteryear, has a full rebuild going on over there. And um, yeah, they lost like like a half their roster. Yeah, they're I mean they're really starting from scratch. But holy smokes, Vanderbilt. Uh, Went to Honolulu, scored 63 points, and now has, and currently is the nation's number one offense. Has that ever been true, Mike? Has Vanderbilt um, ever, for a single day, ever had the number one? I don't care if it's week zero and 100 teams haven't played yet. They have number one offense. Maybe in basketball in or, or potentially baseball, but no, never, never in football. I wish we had an intern to check the stats on that because I want to know if this is the first time in the history of college football that Vanderbilt is number yeah, one Ed, offense. Yeah, and Keith Lee, can you look that up for us real quick? <laughs> yeah, he's in grad school. Let's get him, let's get him working on that. Uh, good kudos to that. Um, Alina I look good. Um, uh, I like I like what I saw DeVito. Um, Bielema looks so solid. I mean, I thought it's Wyoming also in a rebuild. Yeah. I thought Wyoming was going to be tougher than they were, um, but um, Illinois. They took care of business. It was a it was a it was a thirty point shellacking at home. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Let's talk about week one, baby. Yeah, also about week one. Week zero is lame. But before we do that, um, we should probably talk about what we're drinking, which we totally skipped over really quick. Uh, so super, I'll, I'll get into it really quick. Too, ex- too much excitement. So excited. We're just all oh, we want to talk about football. We skipped we skipped by one of our marquee segments. Uh, it's August thirty first. Uh, Labor Day has not happened, so I'm still drinking summer brews. So I got one of my last Pacificos floating back in my fridge. Um, I just love Pacifico so much. Man, you're getting wild. It is my beer of summer, man. I drink this stuff all summer. I love it, especially at the beach. Uh, I've got, obviously, the beach days are behind us, but I still got a few of these left, so I'm drinking one of these tonight. What you got? Yes, savor the flavor, baby. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm a big fan of Stone, especially since they moved to Richmond, and I love their uh, 12-pack mix mix pack. Okay. It's uh, four different beers, and Ooh. I'm drinking the delicious Stone Delicious IPA. All right. Uh, and it comes with the delicious, the Fear Movie Lions, which you know I'm a huge fan of. Uh, they're hazy. And then I think the um, one other one. Anyway, it's just a slight different takes on IPAs. All of them are good. And uh, so I'm drinking the delicious tonight from the 12-pack. Stone, Stone puts out good stuff. And they're, and, and they're great. They're great group to have in town so uh i could dig it awesome stone and pacifico well welcome to the party uh typically we do that at the beginning of the segment but we obviously got too excited so now we're talking about it now all right let's talk about week one uh so what we're going to do is we're going to run through kind of uh was that one two three four five we got we say i think we said 10 games we're gonna talk about 10 games that we think are particularly interest uh kind of touching on what to watch for what we think kind of hit you with our analysis kind of get your uh your beak wet 
prepared for what's to come. Yeah, get your appetite super wet for what is on deck. Correct. Uh, so we're going to start with, um, I think, one of the big games. Is it tomorrow? We're going to talk, we're gonna talk yep. about Thursday night, 8 o'clock. Who we got? Penn State at Purdue. All right. All right. Um, this one is a fun one because it is a one of those rare early season conference matchups. And you guys know that I'm high on Purdue this year. I've been um, jumping on the spoiler maker bandwagon uh, since a few weeks ago. Um, this so this one's a good one. The um, the Penn State Nittany Lions going to Purdue march in three and a half point favorites. And there's a lot of talent at Penn State. Uh, Purdue, a little a little less talent, but they had a good year last year. Uh, Penn State underperformed. And Penn State, of course, wants to be competing for the Big Ten every year. Um, Purdue looking to cause some chaos. What do you what do you think initial? What are your initial thoughts? Sean Clifford and Aiden O'Connell is going to be the story here. Um, I, I mean, I, I think your assessment is, I mean, we, we can, you can kind of point out the obvious playing it, playing um, at home in, um, in Indiana, West Lafayette, obviously is favor uh, Purdue. Penn state has recruited for the last four or five years better than Purdue has. So they expect, I expect their yeah. talent to be better. But the story for me is Aiden O'Connell and Sean Clifford. Aiden O'Connell, I still think is the best quarterback, not named CJ Stroud in the big 10. And he's going to be yeah. fired up for this showdown. Uh, and Purdue's going to go about as far as they take him. I think the line's probably about right. I mean, I don't, you know, I could, I could see Aiden O'Connell having a big day, especially if Penn state has not solidified their things. They lost their defensive coordinator. Um, it wouldn't shock me for, uh, for I mean, the home dogs typically fare well. This is, this is a good upset spot. Um, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree with you. It's interesting you highlight uh, the new D.C. for Penn State. They've got Manny Diaz coming oh, over, former head right, coach from the Miami. Miami guy. I forgot about um, that. Yep. And so, yeah, I think you're right. Sean Clifford, second year in the system at quarterback for Penn State versus Aiden O'Connell. Uh, Purdue is, is just going to pass. They're going to pass, 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 pass. They uh, throw the ball like 60% of the time. They've got no run game. They're like last in yards per carry in the Big Ten. And so it's an interesting battle from a matchup standpoint because uh, Penn State does have a great secondary. They've got more talent across the board. As much as I love Purdue, I think this one will go to Penn State. I think it's a good game. It's a tough game, uh, close game. I think Penn State pulls away, but I'm not getting off the Purdue bandwagon. Um, they've got a lot to replace at wide receiver. Uh, David Bell is gone, which leaves a huge hole, the number one wide receiver for them last year. Um, I just think this is a tough matchup for them. Penn State isn't ranked right now, I don't think, in, in the, the early poll, but they should probably be top 15 based on their talent and who they have, and they probably will be uh, a few weeks into the season. Uh, so I think Purdue drops this one. But I still think they compete for a division crown based on their schedule. Like I said last week, go Boilermakers. Boiler up. Good enough. Fair enough. The other team, the other big game was, was there's actually a couple games for this podcast we're interested in on Thursday night. The other one, uh, West Virginia at Pittsburgh. That one, of course, being played in, I'm assuming, at Heinz Field, which is uh, where, the, where the Steelers play. Uh, this is an interesting game for a couple of reasons. One, this is a rivalry called the, I think it's called the Backyard Brawl. Backyard has, Brawl. Yep. Backyard Brawl that hasn't been played for a long time. So fans who are, I mean, West Virginia and Pitt fans who go way back, they are just been dying to have to get this game back on the schedule. So this one is a monster 
for the from the local fan perspective. And that's yeah. these are one of the things that make college football so great is having these long, long term fans with these long term alliances um, and rivalries um, being brought back. So I mean, from that standpoint, it's awesome. A couple other interesting storylines: both quarterbacks, both USC transfers, uh, Keaton Slovis and JT Daniels, both spent time at one point uh, playing for the USC Trojans. So that's uh, yep. that's just good fun. Um, uh, any and what, what, what do you want to add? Um, I love the rivalry. I think this this harkens back to the old Big East. Yes, um, if I'm Correct. not mistaken, and two of the classiest fan bases that you can find in college football, <laughs> and with the proximity to one another, it just makes for such sweet, sweet action. Um, I do think JT Daniels heading to West Virginia makes them an immediate threat. I mean, it doesn't make them, you know, competing for a conference title but he is a real shot in the arm for their offense and i think they're going to be pretty sneaky good this year Pitt under narduzzi obviously is always going to have um, a really good defense they bring a lot of exotic pressures especially on third down um the the big question mark for them obviously is uh, slovis at at quarterback you can't replace a kenny pickett i think we talked about that a couple weeks ago so it's really you know how quickly does he pick things up um That'll be an interesting one. What's the spread on that? That one's about, I think, Pitt's, Pitt's favored by about seven and a half, and they're at home. They're also replacing their offensive coordinator and, of course, the Blitnikoff Whitner, Jordan Addison, who, coincidentally, yeah. is now playing for USC as well. There's a lot of USC themes in this game. Um, and Pitt's going to have a good defense. That's what Pat Narduzzi does. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I totally agree with you about West Virginia. One of the things that made the West Virginia team so fun of 15 years ago, the Rich Rod years, was their their high-flying offense. Uh, they could just score points in bunches, move the ball around, do a lot of fun things. I think JT Daniels isn't that, but he, will, he can get their offense going in a fun way that'll make West Virginia football fun to watch. Yeah, he's again. a highly recruited guy. He can, he can do the job. Absolutely. He has talent. Um, Pitt's defense is tough, though. They're playing at home. I don't know what Pitt's offenses look like, given what they're replacing, but I'm expecting yeah. Pitt to cover this one. I like Pitt by like 14 or so, just because I think I think they are defense is out. I think West Virginia's got more questions than answers. Jake Daniels yeah. is the beacon of hope, and I think there'll be a fun team to watch this year, but I'm taking Pitt for my money. Yeah, I, I would lean Pitt. This one is actually I would I would I would be careful on 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 this one. I wouldn't put any money on it because I think Pitt might be in a little bit of an upset spot mm. uh, just because they do have so many question marks on offense. Uh, I think they are overrated coming into the season. Uh, everything is based on what they did last year. You know, obviously they won uh, the ACC, but they have a ton to replace, uh, and they just don't recruit well enough to reload like some of the teams that we talk about. Um, some of those upper echelon teams. So I'll take Pitt, um, but just barely. We'll see. We'll see. All right, let's move on. Let's keep it going. Um, the next game we're talking about is um, Cincinnati at Arkansas, which typically in you know in the in the realm of college football, that's not a particularly interesting game. That's a top twenty five matchup in two thousand twenty two. Cincinnati made the playoff yeah. made the playoff last year, the first group of five team to ever make uh, the college football playoff in the I think at the eighth or ninth season. Uh, so kudos to Luke Fickle and the Bearcats. Very impressive. Arkansas um, has uh, has had a relatively recently down run, I would say, the last 10 years, although Sam Pittman, Casey yeah. Jefferson really kind of picked them up and uh, had them do some pretty good things. This is a top 25 matchup, but both teams, in my mind, still have a lot of question marks. I have no idea how to peg this game. I was shocked when I saw that Arkansas was only a six and a half point favorite, being that the game's played in Arkansas. Um, and since he's again reloading uh, after the loss of Desmond Ritter, 
this is another game where you look at a traditionally, uh, I don't know, a team that you would say maybe overperformed the previous year, a lot like Pitt, and loses, you know, their Heisman candidate NFL caliber quarterback. So, you know, who do they replace him with? This will be, um, I think, the first start for Cincinnati without Desmond Ritter since like 2017. He went 44 <laughs> and seven. So just oh, wrap your mind around that. This is the first game without him at the helm, you know. It's it's a huge question mark. So who do they replace him with? Uh, they've got senior Ben Bryant. Um, he's coming from Eastern Michigan. He was a starter there. He had pretty good numbers, but nothing too eye popping. And then they've got um, a sophomore dual threat guy, Evan Porter, who uh, redshirted last year. He was like a former 2019 Ohio Ohio State Mister Football. Uh, so he's clearly kind of the the high the blue chip guy, I guess you could say. Um, but he's never started. So, um, you know, who does Luke Fickle go with, I think, is the biggest storyline there. He doesn't want to play his hand. He hasn't said who's starting. Um, so do you go with senior or do you go with the, you know, the unproven young talent? Hard to say. So one thing I, I like that you brought up, uh, Fickle, um, the the matchup in this game, given what they're playing, I mean, Arkansas isn't replacing nearly as much. And I mean, they lost, obviously, out, uh, wide out Traylon Burks first round of the Titans, who's who's all yep. worlds. He, he's not walking back through the door. Um, but the the difference in this game is, is going to be between these two coaches. Both Luke Fickle and Sam Pittman are two rising stars in the college football ranks. I'm expecting Luke Fickle to be the next person to get that massive Big Ten job, whether it's Ohio State at some point, Michigan no, at some they, point. everyone tried to pull him away last year, and he, he, I, didn't, he didn't take it. He stayed true. put. We said the same thing. I, it's true. We all said the same thing about Kirby Smart and Brett Venables, and eventually when the right job came, they went. I, my point is I think, I think he is well-recognized as one of the rising stars in college football, and he's probably due for a great P5 job at some point. At the same time, Sam Pittman, what he has done at Arkansas so fast is also super impressive. His stock yeah. is also rising. My point, these guys are both going to have great game plans for today. They both have question marks they have to deal with um, for sure. Um, but I could, you know, this is the, the reason I have such a hard time pegging this game is I wouldn't be surprised if Luke Fickle has the master game plan and win by 14 or if Sam Pittman and his boys and uh, KJ Jefferson rely on their talent. They just beat him up. Like this, I don't know. I've, I have no idea which ways this goes, but I think these two coaches um, make this game particularly interesting. Well, I think you got to go with the beef in the trenches. Um, and typically you think SEC versus a Cincinnati, you know, that's got to lean Arkansas, right? Uh, Cincinnati's got one of the best offensive lines in the country. They've got three all AAC players returning. They're returning basically their whole offensive line. So regardless of which starter at quarterback they go with, he should be protected. He should have time. He should be able to uh, perform a little bit. That being said, I'm going KJ Jefferson. How do we get this far into this game without talking about him? I don't know. He is an outstanding quarterback. He's only getting better. And, you know, if you put these two teams in a vacuum and you don't know who's starting one on one side and you know KJ Jefferson is on the other and it's at home, got to go Arkansas. Sure. I'll take Cincinnati the points just to be different. Um, this is and this this is really a. I mean, I, I like what you said. Well, like you said the O line, but I know they're replacing a lot on defense. This is a bet on Fickle just having his guys ready. Uh, maybe he doesn't win this one, but I think he keeps it close enough to cover. So we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. I'm, I'm excited for it. 
Uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Oregon, Oregon versus Georgia, which is one of the one of the bigger headline games. Two massive programs. This one's three thirty on ABC at the Mercedes Stadium, Mercedes Benz Stadium in Hotlanta, Georgia. Number three versus number eleven. Um, I think Georgia. Last time I checked, where are they? They are a seventeen point favorite. Wow, it yeah. moved. <laughs> it wasn't seventeen like a week ago. I think it was like fourteen or fifteen a week ago. Um, it's funny because go ahead. Well, you talk about the spread for this game. The two biggest games probably of the weekend are Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Oregon UGA, and both are huge numbers on the spread. Yeah, bigger, bigger spreads, bigger spreads you'd like for two marquee teams. Uh, in storylines that you should probably know. Um, uh, the game is being played in Atlanta. Uh, the, the 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 brand new uh, head coach of Georgia is Dan Lanning, who is uh. Uh, Georgia's former defensive coordinator. So there's some tie in there. The uh, Oregon's new starting quarterback, Bo Nix, had had his career at Auburn. Auburn's one of Georgia's rivalries. There's lots of tie in from the Oregon team that they know already know about this team in Georgia. Um, So, uh, Oregon is obviously pretty talented roster. They've got they've got two superstar linebackers. They are not they have recruited pretty well. Jordan not as well as Georgia, but they are a talented team. So those are kind of the things that I w- I want to talk about uh, Oregon a little bit. On the other side, you got Georgia defending national champions. Uh, they're replacing everything on defense. And the question for me is: Is it a problem? Do you think it is? No, I don't. Uh, and the reason I don't is because everyone is overlooking how good. Georgia's offense was last year and is uh, they're going to lean on their offense a lot more this year. Um, going to have to just because it's, yeah, they're going to have to. And and that's not to say that their defense won't catch up. Um, but Georgia had one of the most efficient offenses in the country last year. They averaged uh, 3.4 points per possession. So over a field goal per possession, that was good for like fourth in the country. Um, and people don't think about that. I mean, that was better than Alabama last year. Um, and so, you know, their offense can do the job. They'll just need it to, to, to do it a little bit more this year. And that's okay. They can, they can do it that way. I think yep. Georgia's, I mean, Georgia's team has a little, has five stars everywhere. We talked about them. La- we talked about them last week. They're, they're the kind of team that's going to, they've recruited so well, despite winning the national championship and sending God knows how many people to the NFL, they are still going to be there at the end of the year. I'm expecting them to yeah. win this game, but I think Oregon's going to keep it close for a couple of reasons. One, what Georgia did last year on defense was was like an anaconda. They were just they just wrapped around you and they just choked you out. And there was nothing you're off. They just suffocated their opponents consistently every week. And that was just that was that was a product of eight NFL guys who were very well coached in right in position to make plays at all times on top of their superior athletic and talented ability. This is going to take George is going to get right back to that by I'm probably week seven, week, week seven or eight, but it's going to take a little bit of time for this new Georgia defense to gel. And the guy who knows better to attack that defense than maybe anybody in the country, not named Kirby Smart, is Dan Lanning. He coached that unit eight months ago. So I like Oregon to throw some wrinkles at them. I think Bo Nix is also played Bo Nix has also played against Georgia a couple times, his time at Auburn. Um I think there's a lot of familiarity there that people are kind of underselling. So I'm I'm thinking I think Oregon's gonna be gonna, they're gonna make some plays, they're gonna have some wrinkles. And uh Oregon's defense is good enough to uh to play, I think to give George to, to go toe to George's George's offense at least for a little while. So I got I like I'm thinking we're getting the points. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, I do I do think that you know Dan Lanning 
effect um, plays a big role in this. Like you said, I mean, he knows how to, how to attack the defense. He knows how, you know, he coached them. He was there every day. He knows tendencies. He knows how players react. He knows where they're weak, where they're strong. And I think you'll see that Bo Nix, um, he's a baller. He's, he's scrappy. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much he's improved because, you know, he's one of those guys that you're saying, no, 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 no. And then he like does a spin move, chucks <laughs> it up in the air for a touchdown. You're like, yes, I knew it. Um, so <laughs> he's just a wild card and he's a great, he's a fun guy to watch. Um, he's, he's been so unpredictable and unreliable in a lot of ways, uh, when he was at Auburn. So we'll see how, how he turns things around. I think the, the physicality for Georgia is, is going to be the difference. Um, you know, Oregon got bullied a lot last year. I expect that to be the same. If Georgia can just pound the ball and play defense, um, it's going to be a little bit of a bloodbath. I think it's a slow burn and eventually Georgia just pulls away. I'll say it does give me pause when you think about what, think about what, what, what happened to Oregon against Utah, the well-coached Utah team. Utah yeah. punched them out. And I'll tell That's you exactly Utah, what I had. In Utah mind. is a good team, which we're going to talk about here in a second. They're not Georgia. They are not those. Yeah. They are, they are, or Utah does not have the same caliber of dudes as Georgia no. does. So it does. Yes, give with me, the OOD. Yeah. Dudes. It does give me pause that, um, Oregon might get pushed around a bunch, but we'll see. We'll see. I think Dan Lanning knows that, probably knows that better than anybody, so he's going to be able to counter. So give me Oregon the points. Um, I mean, I'm going to have my eyes on that game. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take Georgia. Um, Georgia to cover. My official pick would be Georgia to cover. Yeah. Georgia covered three scores. Bam. How about it? All right, let's keep it rolling. Uh, another another uh, interesting game that's kind of flying on the radar a little bit because obviously in the shadow of the two big, big ones Mike just mentioned, uh, the Utah Utes traveling all the way to Gainesville to play the Florida Gators in the swap. Uh, Utah Utes are your Pac-12 defending champions who pretty much bring everything back. Cam Rising, loaded defense, going to uh, Florida, uh, Billy Napier's uh, inaugural season, first game. Uh, Utah is a three-point favorite. They were paid five hundred grand by Florida to come for this game. Usually when you do that, you expect to win. Maybe you don't schedule an appointment better than you. Um, I, I, what do you think? Um, I was shocked when this was a when I saw this was a two and a half point spread because to me this is just Utah, Utah, Utah all the way. The only thing that I could say is, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a it's first game jitters. It's it's flying across the country. It's the humidity in the swamp. Maybe they don't get off to a hot start and the crowd takes over a little bit and they look up at halftime and it's a three point game and they're in a dog fight. Um, so I could see that happening. You know, maybe there's a couple fluky turnovers, but when you look at the rosters, I mean, Utah's returning a ton. They've yeah. got a proven quarterback. Who's a stud. I mean, they're just primed to have a successful year. And Florida is, quite frankly, in a complete rebuild mode. Um, you know, they've got Anthony Richardson, a quarterback who's uber talented but hasn't proven a thing. They've got zero O-line depth. Um, their skill players are not on par to where they have been in the past. I just think this one's Utah all the way. I just don't see it any other way. So the SWAT, you know, I, I – a lot of me wants to agree with agree with you as somebody who has played who has has had eyeballs on the Florida program pretty closely the last twenty plus years. Um, 
I don't think I don't I don't think the I don't think it's a complete rebuild. I don't think the cupboard is bare. They have talent. They are Gainesville. Anthony Richardson is an absolute athletic off the charts freak. He's he is the guy where yep. if he is if he has a good game plan, he can stay on script, he can minimize mistakes, he can kill you a lot of ways. So I I mean I think he's probably one of the more talented players. But who are their skill players? Who are on who's at running back? Who's at wide receiver for them? I these are these are I can't remember the last time I ever here's the thing. I can't tell you the last time I said to myself, I bet you there's no way Florida has a good receiver. There's no way Florida has three running backs. I couldn't tell you who they are right now, but I just feel just confident that Florida's probably got them. They probably got them. They always do. I don't think they do. I'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think I'm with you. I like Utah. They couldn't as well. even scrimmage in the spring because yeah, I saw that because the reason they couldn't they they, they, they tip teams typically have a spring game and they were so short on O linemen due to injury and depth concerns they just didn't even have it, which is not a good sign going into the college football season, especially the SEC schedule, which is brutal. Uh, injuries pile up. You're going to want to have you know you you want to have 15 offensive linemen ready to go, and Florida did not have that this this spring. So, although I, yeah. I, I suspect Billy Napier has done a good job of shoring that up at least. As, as well as oh, I trust Napier. I just don't think they have the roster right right now. Yeah, um, Florida always does recruit really well. So what 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 you know? This might be a really good. My point is, maybe there is maybe this, what we're going to see in tomorrow or whatever on Saturday at this Florida team isn't the kind of the this the quality talent that we're used to seeing at Florida, but it will. It was just a great spot for Utah. You know, Utah catching them now, especially in they're Gainesville, catching them at the right time. In yep. the swamp, brand new, new, brand new first year new coach putting in his new system. Although my understanding is he pretty much brought everybody with him from UL, um, so all, he's he at least will be familiar with who he's got uh, uh, calling the plays and doing that sort of thing. Um, it's <sighs> is that, this, I'm, I'm not going to pick this one. I, I really, I really don't know. This one's too tough. All right, it's, well, moving on. The swamp is just a really tough place to play, so we'll find out. Uh, let's go on to next one. Uh, Notre Dame at Ohio State. Uh, that's one of the. That's also one of the bigger games. Uh, this is a probably this is actually the only uh, top five matchup. Two against five. Um, that game is the Irish at the Buckeyes at seven thirty on ABC. Um, another seventeen point favorite. That one also went up as well. That one wasn't seventeen earlier. Yeah, fourteen or fifteen. Um, this one is actually clear to me. Buckeyes by a million. I don't you know. Um, I, I just they have the best offense in the country. Uh, Jackson says the Juma is the best receiver in the country. CJ Stroud might win the Heisman. Trevion Henderson is probably the second or third best running back in the country. They always score oodles of points. I don't, and they're playing at home and they're playing a Notre Dame team that's frankly not that doesn't have that much. Also, is a new coach, not that yeah. much high end talent on defense. Yep. What am I missing? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, storylines here. Marcus Freeman era begins at Notre Dame. Uh, the former DC taken over for your boy, Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, so first year head coach, first year starting quarterback and um, Tyler Buckner uh, going to Ohio State is probably not a good recipe. They've Ideally. also got their top running back gone. Uh, the running back room's woefully thin. They've had a lot of preseason injuries. Um, I think 17 and a half is probably the right um, the right number or somewhere in that range. And I think that Ohio state could beat them by three touchdowns. And it wouldn't mean that Notre Dame isn't, you know, in the top 10 or shouldn't be in the top 10. You know, we talked about overreactions early on. Um, they could still be that good, but I mean, Notre Dame or Ohio state could just be that much better. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're right. They might be, 
they might be head and shoulders over everyone. Speaking of, speaking of Notre Dame uh, running back death, quick shout out to uh, Chris Tyree, the uh, the junior player of Notre Dame from Chester, Virginia, actually r- right down the street from you, actually. So nice to see a local boy uh, playing on such the grand stage. Always. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, Notre Dame has a massive following. It's going to be a historic game. Now, the one thing that's interesting about this is for we have we have been here before. Ohio State actually has this is like this is like the only reason this is kind of interesting. Ohio State has a three game losing streak to home power five conferences. They lost to Oklahoma. They lost to Virginia Tech. And last year they lost to Oregon. Um, all three times they were top three, top four, top five, favored by a bunch and lost. I don't know that those have any, especially the the, the Virginia Tech game was 2014. The Oklahoma game was uh, Baker Mayfield, so that was a while ago as well. Uh, obviously, Oregon was last year, but the the woes on defenses are pretty well documented. They hired Jim Knowles, the Oklahoma State defensive coordinator. Everyone seems to think they've gotten better. I don't know that has anything to do with anything, but I, but why did they lose those three games? I, I also like, is that, is that anything? Do we, is this, is this a ghost? Is this, I don't think that's anything, but it's an interesting tidbit uh, for us to talk about. I do think the Jim Knowles thing is, is far more important yeah, um, because we've talked about Oklahoma state being basically the only team in the big 12 that can play defense. And so they, they bring him on. They could have hired probably anybody in the country they bring him over. And so even if this game is lopsided, it'll be interesting to see how their defense has grown and changed under Jim Knowles. Absolutely. And that's going to be what everyone's eyes are on as the season progresses, because their so, offense is going to be fire. It's the best offense in the country, I think, outside of outside of the mighty Vanderbilt Commodores, of course, number one offense in the country, to of be course. clear. Of course. Um Respect. And the thing about Jim Knowles coming in is it's not like he's he's not like he's a, doesn't have anything to work with. Ohio State last year and the year before and next year and probably the year after loaded with five stars. They've got plenty yeah. of talent. Jim Knowles is was, was inherited a plethora of talent and depth at every and experience at every level. It just seemed like the system, whatever it was, the coaching, uh, they just couldn't give them the couldn't couldn't get him in the right spots. Jim Knowles is going to fix a lot of that. So I expect even if it's not a Georgia or Alabama type unit that we're expected to. I expect them to be pretty marginally improved this year, uh, this week. And then as the year goes on, I, I, I imagine they're going to get better and better and better as the season goes on. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, good stuff. All right. Uh, I think it's all for the big, the big kind of uh, main, uh, main games. Well, I, guess, I think it's time for some Homer time. I think it's Homer time, baby. Homer time, Homer time. Uh, I guess uh, I'll start with mine. I'm actually wearing my uh, LSU National Championship shirt 2019. Not a big deal. Um, so LSU is hosting uh, – not hosting. They're playing uh, Florida State in the Superdome in New Orleans on Sunday night. This is part of their kind of home-and-home home series with them, although it's not actually in Baton Rouge and Tallahassee. We're going to fly to Orlando next year to play them. Uh, LSU is like a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, this is, uh, this is Brian Kelly's LSU's new coaches. First, uh, first game, first time as a first game as the LSU Tigers taking on Mike Norvell year three, <sighs> you know, I don't really know what to think about this game. Cause I, cause I don't know what to think about, um, Florida state. I know what LSU's question marks are. We have, we're phenomenal wide receiver. We are phenomenal. The defensive line, we've got some good stuff at linebacker. Everything else is a question mark. Uh, yeah, brand new secondary offensive line, half transferred 
we don't even know who the starting quarterback is, Jaden Daniels or uh, uh, Garrett Nussmeyer. Although I, I think it's going to be Jaden Daniels to come, come push him to the show. I think it's going to be Jaden Daniels. An yeah. entire new secondary. We have new secondary. No special teams what, whatsoever. Brand new special teams. New offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, new head coach. It's a lot of new. This is a, I was thinking, is. About, I was thinking about this, been thinking about this, this all off season. This is the first time in 20 years that I can think, that I can remember where LSU hasn't had at least one all American in the secondary, um, or on the defensive line or somewhere. This, so I, you know, this is, I mean, this is week one. These are just it's, two massive question marks. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm rambling. Well, it's no, no, you're a hundred percent correct. And it's funny because. FSU is in almost the exact same boat. I mean, both of these teams have had massive roster turnover. LSU has, I think, like 28 new faces. Uh, Like you mentioned, they don't even know who the quarterback's going to be, although I do think that they probably brought Jaden Daniels in um, to to be that guy from Arizona State. Um, Florida State does know who their quarterback's going to be, so maybe that gives them a little bit of an edge. Jordan Travis has played pretty well, just hasn't had much – support around him especially on the offensive line uh he's thrown a lot of interceptions but he's also made a lot of plays and he's run for his life um for most of that time so it'll be interesting to see i mean i don't think anybody knows what to expect in this game it's it's a complete toss-up it's two huge brands in college football with complete question marks hanging over their heads and on, on both sides of the ball and all over the field. And I couldn't agree with you more. You know, one thing that, one thing that uh, Forest State really does have going for, they have a strong defensive lines. So is LSU's. So a lot, this might be a game where it's like, who can get after the passer, who can get that, who can stop the run, who can, um, who can get that key turnover. Um, I'm, I'll tell you, I'm pretty anxious if we get, if it's a tight game and it gets down to a field goal and we've got some true freshmen or transfer. So again, all of our special teams are brand new. I don't love yeah. that spot. Um, so I, you know, I'm ex- I am excited. Football is back. I'm obviously going to take my Tigers because I will. Uh, it's, you know, you know, I'm hard pressed to do anything else, but I don't feel yeah. good about it. I'll be I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't nervous. Well, there's no way to feel good about it because it's it's like reaching into a grab bag. You don't you have no idea. I think I mean in, in college football, especially, it's like so many teams lose the game. The other team doesn't take it from them. They just cough it up. You know, right. and that could be the 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 difference in this one. Generally, I would say you got to go LSU because, like your thoughts on Florida, their roster just has to have so much more talent. But they've had so <laughs> much turnover. I don't even know who these guys are. No, um, I'm still going LSU, but yeah, I have I, no idea. I, I appreciate that. I could, uh, yeah, for the first time in ages, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the two deep on this in the secondary. And I, I honestly, that's, that's that's where we are. Give a turnover. This also, we're also, I'm also suffering from, and this is true for all the th- all the things we're talking about. None of these teams really got better since May, but the hype has been building all of them up for so long. You know, they had summer camp out and the fall camp, which they did where they got in some work. But since spring ball, it's not like any of these teams made huge improvements, but we all talk about it like we have. We all talk about them like they've been improving for three months, which just is not true. So with the hype coming in, um, I just <laughs> it's it's gonna be there's gonna here's what's gonna happen. There's gonna be Half the country is going to say, oh, my gosh, we are so much better than the national championship. Half the country is going to say, oh, my gosh, our team is terrible. 
we're going 0 and 12. That's that's this is because this is week zero because everybody's still alive. Yeah. Everybody still has a shot to go to the national championship, and everybody thinks they're they have a chance. They they might get there. It could be their year. So you never know. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wreck a lot of dreams in week one. Hope I hope they're not mine. Always always do. Yep. Um, the the other fun thing we didn't even mention about this game, it keeps college football going a little bit longer because it's on Sunday. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It this... week, it, it, it's it gives you Sunday night week one. This is this tomorrow is five straight. We have football on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. It's a five and day Monday. Weekend. It comes and plays on Monday, Clemson right? Georgia Tech, which man, why the Georgia Tech schedule that game? But anyway, that the five 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 nights of days of consecutive college football starting tomorrow. So that's that's the goes against. Speaking of th- Thursday, I think you're playing tomorrow, right? We are. Yep. Yes. Let's Tennessee. Well, go ahead. Tennessee um, hosting uh, Ball State. Tennessee is a 35 and a half point favorite. Okay. I'm not expecting us to learn a lot about this game. Uh, it should be comfortable by halftime. We should, we should see a lot of new faces, a lot of rotations. Um, Ball State does have some, some solid wide receivers and we have a brand new, well, not a brand new secondary. We have a lot of new faces in the secondary. So I'm sure they will be mixing and matching guys and looking to see how that shakes out. So that'll be fun. Um, I just I don't want anybody to get hurt. Is my, is my hope. So obviously Tennessee has the uh, Josh Heupel. This is year two. That is a high powered offense. They score a bajillion points a game. You know the, the question for for I think for most Tennessee fans, and I think I'm speaking for most Tennessee fans, is what's the defense going to look like? Here's my question for you: Of the three levels of defense, defensive line, linebacker, and secondary, which one has you both the most worried and the most excited? Like what's what's the boomer bust unit where you're like. We we're gonna be great if this unit is. We're gonna be terrible if this unit sucks. Like, what is it? Um, it's hard to say because the the units impact each other so much. Uh, like I said, we've got so many new faces in the secondary. We've got more overall depth and talent. Um, but it's a question mark because yeah. we don't know which of those guys will be able to produce and which of those guys will compete at a high level. Defensive line. Um, we have more talent and 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 guys that got some run last year that should be so much better this year. So I think defensive line probably has the biggest opportunity to open some eyes, especially on the edge with uh, getting to the quarterback. And but that might really make the secondary looks look good if if yeah. um, they're forcing some some picks. So a good defensive it's a line tough one. I do secondary, think vice versa as well, right? Sure. Yeah, I do think the the linebacker room has been solidified a little bit more. Um, they are not going to be amazing, but they should be a little more reliable, more solid. Um, Juwan Mitchell, who was a Texas transfer last year, um, who was hurt a lot of the year. He's had a fantastic spring, fantastic fall, and he should be just a plug and play starter that should be solid, not amazing. Uh, Same thing for Jeremy Banks coming back last year, made a ton, a ton, a ton of tackles, but just not that versatile, not good in coverage. The linebacker crew should be fine, period. So what's the one thing you're going to see? What's the one thing you're, if you could pinpoint one thing that you're looking for tomorrow, that you're going to say, Oh, we're, we actually might be pretty good at defense next year. Was, is it going to be pitching a shutout? Is it going to be sound tackling? Is no, it going to be sacks? It's, it's, is it going to be just pressure? I mean, what's, if you, if you could, if you could cue on one thing you'd like to see at your defense tomorrow, what would it be? It's going to be looking for no busts in the secondary because no we've got a lot of yeah. new faces back there, just making sure they know what they're doing. Um, and like I said, they're going to be rotating so many guys. I mean, it's your chance to show what you can do or potentially 
not not play at all next week. Okay. Uh, it's a big big ramp up in um, competition going at Pitt next week um, yeah. versus hosting Ball State this week. Um, yeah, I don't think that I don't think you know our edge rushers are going to show us a lot against a Ball State. I'm excited to see some of the skill players, some of the new freshmen at running back, particularly and in the slot uh, at wide receiver. So that'll be fun because you know some of those guys will make some plays. Absolutely. Absolutely. That'll be a fun one to watch for sure. All right, let's keep moving. Let's talk about some uh, local homers. Uh, I'm going to talk about local really quick, local homers. Going to talk about really quickly about uh, UVA. UVA is hosting uh, University of Richmond in Charlottesville. First game, they're 24 and a half point favorites. Um, I don't have much to say. Uh, this is the Tony Elliott um, regime is beginning. Um, I would like to see their offensive line execute well i recognize it's a whole new unit and it does not have a lot of talent but this is u of r this is an fcs program um that should not is it whose front seven should not pose a lot of challenges for an even for even a middle of the pack acc team so for me i expect uva to win i expect tony elliott to do well i expect brandon armstrong to get the ball to his guys and to score a bunch of points my question is first and foremost is how is the offensive line gonna play yeah that's pretty it's interesting that you say that because they know what they've got a quarterback. Brennan Armstrong is a potential ACC player of the year candidate. You know what you've got a wide receiver. You've got um, Dontavian Wilkes, um, Keaton Thompson. Those two combined for like over 2,000 yards and 11 touchdowns last year. They're solid. They return a ton of, of guys. Um, what does their defense look like? Because Tony Elliott, obviously, he's a strong defensive mind. And – U of R is a decent first test. It's a it's a good. good They've way to lost stretch, this game. The it wasn't it wasn't that long ago when Bronco Mendenhall came up and, came up and lost this game. Uh, U of R has come and bit UVA before. The, the defense has is, has questioned. You know, I only talked about the offensive line because the offensive line really is the key for UVA season. I really think, but given how solid they are everywhere else in offense, defense they kind of have question marks everywhere. So it's like is. It's and they, I mean, they, they have they have a bunch of transfers out. That's some transfers in. Obviously, a new de- defensive coordinator. Uh, I have no idea what to make of the defense. I'm not particularly worried about it. Week one against U of R because, frankly, no. whatever the defense is, assuming it's not amazing and assuming it's not absolutely putrid, and it's probably not. It's probably somewhere between the middle. The defense is probably going to be fine. The question is: Is UVA season? If they're going to challenge anybody for anything for a bowl for seven wins, it's going to be the offensive line maturing quickly um so yeah. hopefully u of r is a low hurdle easy test that they can smoke so that's yeah i think it will be i think this is let brennan armstrong and your and your top wideouts do their thing for a little bit until it's comfortable and then find your guys find yeah. some other guys that can help you down the road yeah because so, a lot of those guys are green let's get some snaps get some get some grit get some get some dirt uh hopefully yep. so, hopefully start to get some comfortable and some experience really really important at this level um experience comfortable players can really make all the difference. All right, moving on. Uh, last, but certainly not least, we've got uh, Virginia tech at ODU. Uh, yeah. Mike, let's hear some thoughts about that. What were you thinking? Scheduling a, a game at ODU? I don't think I've ever Someone even, answered this. Where do they even play? I don't even know where the ODU is. It's, it's in Norfolk. It's in Norfolk. Okay. Somebody get me Virginia tech's athletic director on the phone. Why are you going to ODU? <laughs> it's that's Okay. Besides that, that's that's just yep. a dumb, dumb thing for them to do as a program. It's a lose-lose situation. Last time, speaking of which, last time they went to ODU, they lost. Oh, they lost that game. I forgot about that. You're right. 
Don't love that. Don't love that. Yeah, um, that was uh, when did I find that out? That was 2018, I think. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, two different regimes, but you know, obviously it's happened, so it could happen again. Uh, one interesting thing I really like about this coach: both uh, Virginia Tech coach and the ODU coach know each other really well. They were both on staffs together at um, Penn State and Vanderbilt. They're both on Franklin staff at least for a little bit together. So these guys know each other really well, which is super interesting. Um, I think, you know, having kind of two coaches that are like, you know, former colleagues, former friends, uh, that's a that's an interesting wrinkle in the otherwise, let's face it, I mean, obviously the Hokie fans are going to be excited, but otherwise not a particularly um, sexy game this week. No, it's a sexy game um, if you're a fan of one of these programs because it's in-state bragging rights. For sure. Everybody who goes to ODU knows somebody from Virginia Tech and vice versa. And the spread's only seven and a half for Tech, which is crazy to me. You, tech, you've got a, a first-year head coach. You're replacing your quarterback. You're, you've got, uh, you're replacing your top two wide receivers from last year, your top running back. Um, they've got kind of a tough matchup here. ODU was a sneaky good team last year. This is sure. their first year entering into um, the Sun Belt. And they've got 17 starters back, including all f- they've got four offensive linemen, both of their top rushers who combined for 1,600 yards and their quarterback. That is the recipe for an upset, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? It could happen. I got a lot of I got a lot of faith in Brent Pry. He's going to play good defense. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to take him long to because he has always he really he really is going to uh reinvigorate the fan base and bring back that kind of Beamer ball uh, type of defense pretty quickly. So I, I think the defensive on Virginia tech side is probably enough for ODU. Um, I could see them not covering for sure. I mean, being, being tech being seven point favorites, but I'm, I don't know, I man, you, you have a hard time convincing me to bet, to, to, to bet on ODU. So well, I'll take the, can I'll I give you one hookies. more interesting little wrinkle? Of course. So, you know, we talked about Grant Wells when we talked about our Homer time transfer uh, situation. So he is the, quarterback that transferred uh to virginia tech from marshall guess who marshall played last year old dominion university wow so he's already yeah. seen the film on these guys he's, so he's seen them yeah, yeah he went for 299 yards two touchdowns two interceptions and had a quarterback rating of 31 really Didn't do it too well <laughs> really well marshall know. pulled it out in overtime but yeah. come on so I don't know. Maybe this is maybe this is a spot for him where he's like, I got to make good on this. I've, I'm better than this team. Maybe this is maybe this is a maybe this is a spot where he he's saying he's he's got that uh, those stats on the on the on the bulletin board in the weight room, the film room, getting ready for this. <laughs> yeah, when he was at Marshall, he cir- circled the. <laughs> 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 uh, good stuff. Uh, so who are you taking? You're taking Virginia Tech to Virginia- ODU to cover. I don't know, man. Uh- I, I think I have to. I mean, I spent way too much time looking at this game, and everything I looked at was like, dang, man, Virginia Tech's in trouble. Yeah. Uh, it's Virginia Tech's defense against ODU's offense, and it's ODU at home. I just think they've got a little bit of juice coming into this one. Um, they're giving off some of those old-school JMU vibes. You know, it's that upset city, in-state. I just think ODU – I mean, I, it, it's not an indictment on Brent Pry if he loses this game. This happens to a lot of first-year head coaches. First game um, head coaches. <laughs> Yeah, I just yeah. I, unfortunately, I hate to say it, Hokie fans, but I I think ODU might have a little bit of an edge. All right, 
We'll see. I'll just pick them to. I won't pick them to win outright. Let's just pick them. Pick them for the points. <laughs> okay, let's do it. That's good. Uh, all right, there you go. There you have it, folks. Those are the ten games that Mike and I are playing. I'm gonna be paying extra extra special attention to. There are loads of other good games around the country as well. But you know, this podcast is only so long, and we don't. We're, we're not gonna rock at those. We got, we'll talk about all the other teams as the season uh, goes on. Uh, but I think I think we're all done. Mike, got anything else you want to add for the good of the order? Anything? Um, I would love to hear from some of our listeners. Um, there's a, a, a mighty few of you and they're from all over and just engage with us. Tell us what you want to hear. If there's a team you want us to talk about, you know, shoot us a note, post on Facebook. Um, you know, we'll spend a couple minutes. We'll dive into it. Um, yeah, let's hear from you. Engage with us, chat with us. We're talking college football all day long. Correct. Every day. Yep. <laughs> We'd love to have you. Uh, make sure you make sure you go to any of our pages. You'll see the Linktree app. You'll see the Linktree there. You connect you to our Facebook, our Instagram, Twitter, our Patreon. Uh, we're talking to Discord about college football, all things related to college football adjacent as well. It's been a lot of fun. We would love to and we'd love to grow that community. So please consider joining our Patreon. Your support, of course, helps uh, support this pod and what we're as we're trying to grow and improve and upgrade. So yeah, like yes. us and subscribe. Like um, all, all the, the things. things. Hit the bell. All all of the buttons. It helps us. It it doesn't do anything for you except give you access to more sick content. Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead and like like subscribe. Give us a five star review. All this stuff is super helpful to us. And Mike and I, of course, are super grateful. So uh, be sure to do that. Uh, that's it. Uh, enjoy your five day college football bender. I know that I will. Yes. This is my first. When this I wake actually- up tomorrow morning, oh, it God. is game day. It is on. This is the first weekend in eight straight weeks that my wife and I are not traveling, and it couldn't fall on a better weekend. I could not be happier to be home for the first time in ages, um, and it's just it's just perfect. It's just perfect. God, I just want to hug you right now. I'm psyched. <laughs> That's all we got, folks. Thanks for coming. I'm the Mike Blitz. Until next week, peace. Hollywood Cold. Go. Hey, Hollywood. Hey, Hollywood Cold.